episode two of the Vite Way podcast. I'm Jesse Rausch, the Senior Vice President of Operations here at Vite. And today we're having a conversation with Eric Olson uh, to talk a little bit about his story, his time here at Vite, and to dig deeper into one of our values, build with intention. Welcome to the podcast, Eric. I'm glad you're here. Thank you, Jesse. Happy to be here. So why don't you start by giving us a little bit of your background and your life and how you ended up here at Vite and some of the time here. Sure. So I grew up in Alexandria, Minnesota. Um, went to college after I left there, kind of bounced around a bit. Um, college background is in sciences. Uh, went to Fargo for a few years, went to Utah for a few years, uh, came back home after after college, and I started doing consulting work um, at a company that worked for Vonco and uh, ended up getting to know people here and made a really good transition to start as the environmental manager here about seven years ago. When I was doing consulting work, uh, a lot of what I focused on more and more in my career was landfill related. So I worked out in the oil fields for quite a few years, uh, looking for new sites for landfills and doing environmental monitoring around landfills and reporting and things like that. So I was able to in-house a lot of that work that we had hired consultants to do prior to me coming here. Um, and then kind of yeah, manage a lot of that, that data and uh, permits and licenses and all that for the governmental stuff. Right, right. For those of the, that don't know, uh, White Vonco's uh, facilities, their operations, why don't you give them a little background on, on the two properties and what you what we do? So for the waste group, um, the, the Vonco landfill in Becker, uh, that's about a 900,000 ton per year facility. Um, pretty impressive site if you haven't been out there. Uh, industrial waste, li- uh, completely lined facility, so it's um, protective of the environment. Our Duluth facility, uh, just a smaller scale. It's a lined facility, um, industrial waste, C&D waste, all that kind of stuff. And then we've got the transfer stations, uh, Minneapolis transfer station, Rochester. Um, those kind of feed the landfills and support the, the roll-off services. Why don't you give us a little more specific information around your role? With with Vonco, sure. Uh, as the environmental manager, I manage our permits, licenses with the uh, Minnesota Pollution Control Agency, local counties. I try to whenever the operations wants to do something different, whether it's uh, accepting a new waste type that the sales folks find, or they want to change the design a little bit. Uh, I kind of collaborate with engineers and the Pollution Control Agency to modify our permits and keep those reflective of what we want to do with, with our facilities. Um, day to day, yeah, it's a lot of hauler licenses and, and uh, tracking uh, environmental compliance stuff. So groundwater sampling, landfill gas monitoring, leachate sampling, and then there's a whole suite of reporting that goes along with that to various regulatory agencies. Technical information, right? A lot of nerdy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, the laboratory reports are uh, are my world. So I, right. I can dig into those and right on. know enough to be dangerous. <laughs> well, each week we are bringing on different team members to speak to a different value that we have here at Byte. This week, uh, the value that we wanted to discuss with you was build with intention. Uh, can you speak a little bit to, to what that means to you and what it means uh, for Vonco or Byte as a whole? For me, it's um, planning ahead, you know, being prepared and, you know, having a game plan and, in and having people around you that can support you when you know uh, unexpected things come up. When I first started at Monco, it was always a surprise whenever they had to build a new cell. It wasn't like 
two years from now, we're going to build cell 1F. It was, oh, no, we need to build a cell this year. Yeah. <laughs> Earth fruit guys, bail us out. Yeah. Vite, come bail us out. And it wasn't, it was, you know, it, part of that was Vonka was growing very fast. It went from, you know, a C&D landfill, basically, to this big industrial facility. Um, you know, tonnages doubled over, you know, early in that time period. So part of it was just kind of figuring out, you know, forecasting what was going to come in each year. And... You know, it's, it's starting to kind of stabilize. We still see, you know, growth and tonnage. But in general, we know what we're going to get in every year. It's around 900,000, maybe, you know, 950. Um, but we know each one of our cells has about 900,000 cubic yards of capacity. So we can forecast out exactly when we're going to build cells now. Um, you know, we start planning this stuff as early as we possibly can with the bike guys to be first on the list and instead of scrambling at the last minute, like uh, the folks that no longer run the place did. Um, <laughs> to be clear, the guys that are running the place now didn't run it when yeah, <laughs> when no. I was first starting and the guys that are running it now, um, they, they plan ahead and be they're prepared for when we need to build stuff. Right. I've had the pleasure. You think about how the importance of it and, and what that what the actual landfill function itself is and then on top of it how well we do it how well you guys do it that to me is the impressive piece when people don't from the outside looking in don't have a clue the amount of effort and the amount of care for the environment and what it takes to do it the right way the bite way whatever you want to well you want to term it right i mean that's a that's a public perception that we kind of you kind of battle at times too Regularly, we battle that. And if people knew the amount of work that would go that goes into these solid waste facilities before you even get your permit to operate, mm-hmm. I mean, you have to make sure you you drill holes, you put in wells, you figure out where the groundwater is, where the groundwater is going, how fast it's going there. Plan for if there's a leak here, you know where's it going to go. Um, once that's all in place, then you go in just to get your permit. So then, you know, the design, all that stuff's nailed down, what it's going to look like when you build it, what's it going to look, what it will look like when it's completely constructed, how you're going to maintain it, all that stuff's, you know, figured out on the front end. And then as things change, it gets modified as you go. Mm-hmm. Um, we just modified our permit at Monco 2 and Becker to expand into the North 40 and expand into where the bite bone yard is. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Jesse. No, you're good. You're <laughs> it's right. going to be a decade before we get there, hopefully. So. Sure. I've heard that before. <laughs> maybe maybe six, seven years. <laughs> <Yep. but laughs> More like it. Um, but that, expect, that in, increased our airspace by 5 million cubic yards. Yep. So it's a, it's a really big thing, and we're actually just finalizing that permit modification. So, you know, taking Vaughn's vision, Ryan's vision, Chris's vision, and... Um, Figuring out how the MPCA is going to work with us to do that is, is a lot of my role as well. And I've got a big team that does it, you know, that helps me with it. Yeah, our consultants, you know, Ryan's a huge asset. Chris is a huge asset to, to making these things kind of come together. But, uh, you know, a lot of it is just sitting down with the Pollution Control Agency and the, the county solid waste administrator and saying, this is what we want to do. Yeah. How are we going to get there? Another untalked about component, right? You've got... Uh public or compliance within the state and MPCA uh, and then uh, with your partnerships with them, right? I mean, it's, it truly is a partnership because you, from conception to closure at some point before we're, you know, we'll all be retired when that thing closes, but the constant monitoring, the constant uh, management of it and uh, the, you know, to, to make sure that the, that we're doing right by the environment, we're doing right by the, the city and the, in the county uh, and the state. I mean, that's a, that's a, 
connection to compliance and a, and a partnership that you guys have built relationship-wise, built well with the state and the, and the counties, and um, that's commendable too, right? I mean, that's a that's no small effort either. Yeah, I'm grateful that we have a good relationship with the regulatory agencies because they, um, I mean, they're always skeptical of government or private sector. I mean, they, um, you know, <laughs> in their role, you know, they want to see zero waste. And, you know, that's what the, the state of Minnesota, certain departments in the state of Minnesota are pushing for zero waste. That's their goal. That'd be great. I think that, you know, I mean, it's, it's not good business for us, but hey, we'll, we'll adapt mm-hmm. if we ever get to a zero waste situation. But uh, we, we, when we give tours of Vonco, yeah, a lot of people come out there with this perception of, yeah, this is going to be here forever. This is just a big garbage pit. This is just an environmental disaster. And we kind of flip the script a little bit and say, all right, guys, there's a liner underneath this entire thing multi-million dollar liner underneath this entire thing. They're, the engineering that goes into the, the design and construction of this is, is state-of-the-art. Um, any precipitation that contacts waste is collected on that liner and hauled to a wastewater treatment plant. So environmental compliance perspective, these new landfills are um, pretty solid facilities. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the waste coming in, you know, that, you know, a tr- one particular truck will have shredder fluff from the auto shredders. So they're shredding cars down, they're taking all the metal out, and then there's you know rubber and foam and things like that that aren't recyclable, have to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Our options now are you incinerate them or you put them in a landfill. Incinerating, in my mind, is not ideal. Um, they do some cleaning of the, the emissions, but you know there's a place in our waste management system for land disposal. And in my mind, there always will be. Mm-hmm. Um, contaminated soil cleanup projects, you know, gas stations, underground storage tanks leak. You got to put that dirt somewhere. Um, you know, they used to try land farming it where they'd add microbes to it and till it in and try to break it down. <laughs> Nobody's doing that anymore because the, the compliance portion of it is such a hassle. It's not you know, effective. Put it in a landfill. Yeah. <laughs> There's, you know, uh, short fiber from the paper mill. They're recycling paper down there and there's little you know, bits that can't get recycled. They have to go to landfill. So, I mean, there's there's going to be a need for land disposal for the foreseeable future. And having a good working relationship with the agencies um, really helps facilitate our expansion and, you know, we have the old roll-off trucks that we had to take out of commission when we got new environmentally friendly ones. Um, we're going to store those out there, but need, need county and MPC approval mm-hmm. <laughs> for, to store old vehicles. So there's no reason for them to give us this approval other than just to be cooperative and yeah. work with us. So they're going to allow us to store a dozen roll-off vehicles, uh, or, or I should say uh, a dozen scrap vehicles, mm-hmm. basically, that we can use for parts over the years and you know that's just them being cooperative right and we try to have that balance with them where you know we're working within county ordinance state rules as our guidelines and you know just try to keep that as as the the foundation that we work with them on because there's times where regulatory opinions kind of get worked into it Mm -hmm. and you know, that's, you know, same with us. We all have our opinions on what is the best way to go about things. But when we can kind of go back to that foundation of state rule and county ordinance, that I think that builds respect with them, that we're mm-hmm. referencing their own code. All right. They're working with us because we know they know we're doing it right. Yeah. Right. And they're and they're they trust us. Yeah. So 
Pretty cool. Build stuff. Right. I've had the pleasure of being uh, through many different landfill facilities throughout my career, whether it's Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin. But I'll tell you, the, your campus, that facility, uh, Becker, is state-of-the-art. It's uh, immaculate. And um, you, the, the team up there does a fantastic job. Maybe speak a little bit to the, the people on the team and what they what their roles are. But so that help you help support you. Yeah, uh, top of the line. Ryan Hesley is the operations manager for the entire wage group. So um, all the landfills and transfer stations. He he does an excellent job. Um, it's um, he he knows you know what our permits require. And, you know, if there's ever any question, you know, he and I work together to figure it out. But, um, yeah, he's a very, very important role at, that at all those facilities. So he, uh, being spread kind of on all the sites, he has the, the facility managers that he leans on as well. Uh, Jody Sprozig is the landfill manager at Becker. Um, he's, you know, managing the day-to-day, -day. The, the guys out in the landfill. In the scale house, um, it's it's you know we'll see 500 loads a day coming out there. So to, to coordinate that and and have it run smoothly and compliant is very impressive. And you know we have a lot of customers that say how much they like coming to our facility. And it's landfill. Who who would say that? Right. <laughs> They'd say we like coming to your facility because it's you know um, well operated. It's got you know it's clean. You know, just the actual working part of it, you know, getting trucks in and out of the landfill isn't easy. You know, rain comes, you get mud, all that kind of stuff. They they have plans in place to not have trucks waiting on the scale. So that's, you know, efficiency for our customers as well as a lot of the reason why they come out there. You know, the, the site itself outside of the landfill is, I mean, it looks like a golf course to me. I mean, it's beautiful. I, I'm very proud of that site. Um, the work that the guys have put into that and Fawn's vision for it and, you know, all these sculptures and just lilac bushes and things like that that people wouldn't expect to see at a landfill. It's, it's pretty cool to be a part of it. Absolutely. Definitely a team that builds with intention. Absolutely. Down on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Yeah. Well, we're calling this uh, podcast the Vite Way. It's a phrase that we've thrown around here for a while, and it means means different things to different people. Well, what comes to mind for you when you think about doing something the Vite Way? Uh, a lot of things. Um, you know, I, I see a, a group of very talented, creative, hardworking people that are working on some really impressive projects, whether it's, you know, within the waste group or um, outside of the, you know, the fighting company as a whole. It's really cool projects and some very talented people. Um, I've been at Vite for, or Bronco Vite for seven years almost. I almost don't feel qualified to answer that question yet because there's so many people here that have decades of experience. Sure. And I think that speaks to the Vite way a lot that, you, you see these people that have been, you know, spending their entire careers here. Um, I've seen people at their retirement parties just, you know, in a very good position in retirement and very happy. And, you know, they had a great experience here. So I think, you know, that goes to the right way a lot. But that's um, a good culture. Yeah, absolutely. I got a phone call from my dad up in Alexandria uh, a few years ago. Fight was doing a project in town. And I think they're pulling a tank or something like that. I can't remember what it was exactly, but he just went on and on about uh, how professional the crew was. Just driving by, you could see they got flaggers out, they got fences up, they got an operator that is very skilled, they've got trucks staged. I mean, everything was just coordinated perfectly from his perspective. And 
he doesn't always see that with contractors, uh, especially in that area. I think it's, you know, not not quite as uh, professional of, of crews all the time as as, as we do. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely doing the doing our work the right way on a day to day basis. Um, at the end of these uh, interviews, Eric, we like to end on a fun note. Um, can you tell us a moment that here at Vite or Bonco that you've laughed the hardest, and why why it came around, or what made you what made you laugh the hardest? Absolutely, that's a hard question to answer because my first thought goes towards the jokes Bonds told me over the years. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure HR would probably edit out of this, <laughs> so I'll keep those to myself. Um, then my mind goes to my immature. Sense of humor. Sense of humor. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Brain stuff. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. So then my mind goes to my immature sense of humor, and I'll keep those myself as well. <laughs> so I mean, it, there's been a lot of good laughs um, at this company. I, I, the group I work with on a day-to-day basis, I'm very grateful for. Um, they, they, I mean, work hard. They take things seriously, but we have a good time. And I guess one of the things that come to my mind. Um, that was really fun. Was our Christmas, the last Christmas party we had, and we had the comedian there and. Uh, big group of people in a beautiful space and good yeah. food and it was just that was that was a lot of fun I really am grateful for those times and we can get a bunch of people together and have fun absolutely great event great event um, well thank you very much for being here and talking with us it's it's great to have you on the team and we can't thank you enough for all that you do here um, next week we'll be back with another episode where I'll be talking to Luke Kudrowski Vite seasoned the mechanic about his time here at Vite and talking about the value of leaders dig first and hearing how that has played out in his work. Until then, let's all get back to it. Thank you very much. Thank you.